I'm pulling up the discussion points from. Well, another Sunday, another date at the curling club. Uh, someone's got their ringer turned on. I can hear you might hear that in the background. It caught me a little bit by surprise. It's Kit, between two sheets. Kit's also here in the background too. And Kit's in the background yeah. again. Yep. Tradition. Uh, season two, episode 10. Yeah. Got a lot of good things going on. Oh, Coming off a really good episode. I just said I didn't have anything, but I was checking analytics here. And this morning we were at uh, 1,995. So we're about to actually break 2K. Yeah, I think it'll happen today. We almost today. doubled this season then. Yes, yes. I think we came in at like 1,100. So, yeah, we're on a roll. On a roll. That's, uh, like I said earlier, look out, Rogan. I think a big part of that is uh, we've been getting good interviews. And it's fun looking at our, our distribution map, too, for where the downloads are. Because it's it's not just North Dakota and South Saskatchewan and our, our snowbirds in Phoenix anymore. I was, yeah. I was gonna, tell us a little bit about how that looks right now. Like, what, what are the areas we're hitting? Oh, uh, we're still a Midwest-centered, but we've been creeping east, you know? So, we're, we're down Twin Cities, and then, uh, you know, there's some in, in Michigan and uh, Ohio and, you know, Indiana, uh, uh, New York. New York, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah New, New Jersey, maybe, coming the up. city that never sleeps. Yes, yes. Uh, and just kind of scattered around, too. You know, I never know if people just touch it once and then don't hit it again, but... Um, all right. Well, as usual, we got Nolan Axon here with you, Wes Mason, of course. And guess who's finally back in studio? Live and in person. He's here for all of our viewers. Introduce yourself. Hi. You got a new hat, too. I really I like it. Hat, yeah. 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 Minot Curling Club trucker hat. <laughs> yeah, barely, you- I'm on the second notch. I mean, you could take a look there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not a whole yeah. lot of room testing left. The limits. That's an engineering thing. Got big domes, yep. you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Clay Fellner, by the way. The worst at introductions. Uh, so you introduce <laughs> yourself and he says, hi. Hey. Uh, West, we got a good episode today. Um, following up a really good episode that we had with Evan Working. Why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce our guests and, and give a little look into what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Well, uh, uh, stumbled on some guys here again online. Um, we are going to talk to Mike Harwatt and Brian Ressler. Uh, they are in the leadership um, of the Curl Troy curling organization, uh, another nonprofit club um, out of, uh, depending on how you split it, and we'll get to that, Dayton, Ohio, or Springfield, Ohio. Um, and I'm they got an arena club, two arena clubs again. We'll, we'll get more into that. Um, really excited to hear their story and what they're up to. I actually found them because I was looking for military curlers, you know, um, and I'd seen an article about uh, military curling at Curl Troy. So that's why I reached out. Turns out they don't have enough active duty to uh, uh, fuel the full team for my, my military championship vision, but uh, they have airbase out there um maybe they, it'll come sometime they can so. start recruiting they can start exactly. recruiting yep i yep. feel like that's something military people are really good at is recruitment some of them just yes. it out i think there. if you're good at it they make sure you end up in that in little that office department. in the strip yeah. mall <laughs> 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 which actually one of my good buddies from high school ended up doing that for the army <laughs> all right so i'm gonna give him a ring here yeah we'll let's call him up yeah It is exciting hearing the phone ring. I like it that. Is. It feels like we're on the part. radio. Hello, gentlemen. Mike, how are we doing? Hey, doing well. How are you guys doing? Great. I got We got the full crew here now because uh, uh, no. somebody was running late there. How's it going? This yeah. is Nolan here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I was uh, I was at rec volleyball. I'm still holding on to that dream of, of having a little bit of youth left. So 
he turns yeah, 30 next month. Cross so, training, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, we'll get into this, but yeah, I, I played soccer up until I was about 31, 32, and my body just couldn't take it anymore. And then I was in like a weird two to three year gap before I had anything. And then I finally found curling. So, but I had, I had to give up the soccer. I, I feel you. Softball and volleyball. That's, I think that's out the door this year for me. Once I hit that 30 mark. Yeah. Third. Good Lord. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm facing my mid forties now. <laughs> well, you're about to hit your second wind as we say around the club here. Well, I should not really me, but uh, once you hit 50, you can do seniors and, you know, go get, go get stomped in that too. <laughs> Do they have some kind of stick volleyball you can take part of or something? I maybe like lawn bowling or something. They have seniors volleyball, right? They what? They have seniors volleyball in town? No, no, not in my not. No, no. Anyways, yeah. So I, I did a light introduction for you guys, uh, uh, Mike and Brian. But uh, would you mind uh, saying your names and uh, what position you hold if you're in the leadership over there with Curl Troy? Um, and then we'll we'll get rolling from there. Yeah, um, uh, my name is Brian Ressler. Um, I'll say we we sort of just don't have defined uh, roles at this moment on the board. We're we're kind of a little agrarian in that respect at the moment. So, um, so we're kind of just facilitators of Curl Troy. Okay, I should ask. Uh, when I joined this club, we actually did not have a a board either. You know, we had a couple guys that uh, names were still on the bank accounts and were able to uh, put the checks in and and pay the utilities. Um, and, and we helped uh, get that back going. Me and Clay and Nolan joined us later. Uh, do you guys have a, a formal board leadership over there, or or how how agrarian? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do have um, we do have a formal board um, that uh, is uh, partially elected and, and partially um, sort of nominated by the board. So it's kind of a, a mix um, between that and, and um, voting from our current membership. Yeah. But none of them, none of them, you know, we do, we do have a treasurer who's responsible for, for taking care of, um, you know, all of, all of our financial needs in that respect. Um, but we sort of divide and conquer amongst the rest of us. Yeah. What's, yeah, our, what's our phrase, guys? Working board, right? Got a working, working board. Working board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are very much a working board. Uh, this is Mike Harwat speaking. I've been with the club now for 10 years, and I think I've been... I mean, I was volunteering from the get-go, but I've been, you know, formally on the, the board for, I think, seven years now, it feels like. Yeah. So, it's, it's I mean, it's been a wild, wild journey, um, you know. Like, I can't believe I've been doing this for 10 years now. Yeah, and to spoil a little bit here, 14 years, you guys have been running an arena club, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> so. Well, you know, that's the funny thing, you know, because we start talking about curling and how you get into it. I, My interest really started, I would say, ramping up in the 2010 Olympics. And then in 2014, like, okay, 2010 was, was when Curl Troy was founded. And in 2014, you know, I was at work and, you know, cooler talk, and I wouldn't shut up about curling. But, you know, coming, living in, you know, Midwest Ohio, I never thought I'd try curling, right? That's something you only did in, like, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Canada. And then someone found an article from a local paper, be like, shut up, Harwat, go try curling. 
And then from, you know, that moment I threw that first stone, I was like, you know, I'm like, hey, you guys aren't getting rid of me. You're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that, that feeling of throwing your rock and uh, watching it, you know, you get to wonder if it's going to be a good or a bad shot or, or maybe, you know, it's going to be a good or a bad one. And that, that moment of suspense, you know, while you're watching it go down the ice. That was just at your rental there, Nolan. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah wondering yeah. if it's going to be plan B or plan C after it gets down there. Yeah. Which, yeah, which yeah. letter you're picking. <laughs> um, you, you touched on it a little bit. I, I would like to hear a little bit about, from both you guys about how you, how you found the game and what got you started into the, into the sport of curling. Well, yeah, I'll go first since I already briefly mentioned that. Yeah. So I guess I started curling. It was, uh, I think 2014, I did a learn to curl. And then 2015, my actual, my first real experience curling in a league was in our outdoor league. So we do regular outdoor programming. And, you know, um, one of the things that the curlers that first really got me into it was Thomas Ulver. You know, I love the crazy pants oh, yeah. this team Norway guys used to wear. Um, and, you know, that's that's what really drew me into it. And I'm not kidding when I say this. I have way more curl pairs of those crazy pants than I could possibly wear in a season now. Was, um, yeah. Was <laughs> yeah, he was a pioneer then, of the curling fashion world, that's for sure. <laughs> pioneer, I mean, you know, like, and so, you know, and that's one of the things that drew me to it. And then I also, you know, like that, you know, I think a lot of people, when they first see the sport, they're like, oh, you know, they think it's easier than what it is, right? And then, yep. so I think one of the things that I appreciated from I was like, okay, this is way much more of a skill than I ever thought, right? So, it, you know, it's kind of like golf, right? You might go out and hit 50 bad drives, but in curling, you hit that one perfect shot. And that's what motivates me to keep going back is, you know, just just that one shot that's like, okay, that was awesome. So that's, that's kind of why I'm still here. And I just want to, you know, help grow the sport in Ohio, right? You know, because it's, like I said, I quit playing soccer about 12 years ago. And this has helped, you know, fill that, you know, competitive void that, you know, camaraderie hanging out with people. So that's another reason why I got involved with Curl Troy was I want other people to be able to have the opportunity to try this. <laughs> Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, for, for, for myself, um, you know, uh, I, I think I've been curling maybe at least uh, maybe eight years now. I think I'm, I was trying to look back and <laughs> find out um, earlier. And I, I, that's the best I can. That's the best I can do. But uh, a, a group of guys and myself, I think um, <laughs> we were all sitting around at like a trivia night at a bar and um, saw an advertisement um, for curling in a, in a local magazine and, you know, in, in our, um, kind of drunken enthusiasm, um, which is probably fitting for curling. Um, uh, we just all signed up and, uh, you know, that was, that was also for, uh, the, the outdoor league, which is, um, and we can talk about that in a little bit, but that's, that's still kind of our most popular, um, place to curl, which is always surprising every year. It's surprising. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we were, we, we were just kind of hooked from the start. I, I remember the, you know, the, the league is pretty short. It's only six weeks because, you know, it's fairly warm down here and we kind of got to beat the weather a lot of times when, when we're outside. So, uh, you know, after that six weeks, um, we, we uh, went to a, a bond spiel immediately in, in Columbus, Ohio. And the, the guys we were playing for super, super great guys um, as, as most curlers were, but they were, they were pretty serious, you know, they're, they're pretty intense. And, uh, you know, they, they lightened up, um, the moment, you know, our skip said, this is great. This is the first time we've curled indoors. 
And they, uh, they said, uh, well, you're tough. You know, for one. Yeah. yeah they, they paused for a moment and he said, what, what do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was just kind of the, you know, we, we, we haven't let it go since then. I mean, it's every year we, we, we come back and do that outside. Awesome. Um, Right, it's always fun to hear a little bit about people's backstories and how they got involved in the game and things like that. Uh, I guess if we're so, still on on you guys, you know, I, I'm curious as to if you've gone anywhere, you know, competitively too. You know, I assume you're maybe going to a, a one or two bond spiels outside of town. Um, you know, have you guys oh, tried sure. to do a so, playdowns? You know, have you ha- found any success? You know, on the competitive end of things. I, I mean, you know, for me, I've had to to step back in terms of how much bond spieling I can do. Um, I got, I did go to play in arena nationals in, in 2017, but I just don't have the, you know, ability to c- commit time to practice and, and go to the play down events and try to get, you know, order of merit points and things like that. So for me now it's much more recreational. I just want to go and have fun. You know, I think the most I ever did in a year was I think eight bonds fields. Now I'm usually down to like one or two, um, you know, and I think I've actually, Bondsfield with Brian for the first time back in August up at, uh, what was it, the yes. Ohio Cup up in Cleveland Skating Club. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that's a that's a, a, a fancy place to go. Again, super, super great guys up there. They um, we, we hosted kind of our, our we, have, we do kind of like a one-day spiel that, um, you know, uh, as we've kind of started to regrow our own programming you know we're very insistent to try to get something started this year again um to to bring people in um uh, you know to to curl with us and uh <laughs> i had a, a fun conversation with uh, some of the guys up there in cleveland and they're like you know they were they were hosting this first time event they were trying to get all the teams from ohio to come out um and play in this you know one event for the ohio cup and it was basically like a, a tit for tat they were like well if we send a team to your thing can you send one to ours and we said sure so um yeah that, 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 that they're, they're a bunch of cool guys up there we uh just did something similar this year i say we but i did not go um the montana has has started up i want to say uh, four or five arena clubs have gotten going over there and mm-hmm. one of the clubs asked us to uh come out and send a team or invited us you know and we did send a, a team of old timers out there and they had a you know a pretty good time curling with them um i guess their facility you know didn't have a, a club room and stuff so there wasn't a whole lot of broom stacking but had a nice time uh, made some connections and now we're, we're we're going to host them actually in March for the Mondax spiel. We're calling it. They're going to get a bus and hit up like four of their arena clubs as they go through the, the state and they come here and hang out with us for the weekend. So yeah, we're well, looking forward to that. Yeah. That's, that's great. Actually. And, um, the, a nearby, um, club out in Indianapolis, um, circle city, uh, who, who just recently, they, they were an arena club for, for a long time, but they just recently, you know, got a, a place of their own, uh, and next month, um, they actually put out an invitation to a lot of uh, other regional arena clubs specifically. And they, they said, Hey, come here and let's do like a, you know, uh, it's just a one day event, but for, for the same purpose, you know, come, come out. Like, we'll, we're just going to do like a, a very informal Midwestern, you know, arena championship thing, you know, and that we have a couple teams going out to that as well. So, so that, that should be fun. There's, there's a couple of places, um, in from, from here in Michigan, I think, I think, uh, can Kentucky's got some some folks going so so yeah that, that I think that's a great idea and I think one of the cool things too is for some of our people they've only ever curled outside so this will be some of the our members chance to you know 
see what a dedicated curling club's like, you know, to have that chance to walk off the ice in Broomsack. And, you know, because that's one of the things when I used to bond spiel a lot, I tried to take newer people with me so they could get that experience. And so he said, hey, you know, this is something we want to bring to the area just to get people excited about it because I didn't really truly understand curling until I started bond spieling, right? And how important that is and just the different people you get to meet. It's a social so, sport with a competitive aspect. Sorry, Clay. So I just, because, because it's been repeated a couple of times, you, you mentioned you hadn't curled inside before. I think we better clarify on this point one. So, yeah. Well, we have now. Well, we have now, but some of some at our... Time. Some at of the, the time. People, yeah, at the time. So when yeah, you say that, yeah. when, you, when you say curling outside, can you describe that? I mean, it's... You know, like straight like up outside. <laughs> so Brian mentioned it's it's our most popular programming by far. Uh, you know, we any depending on the year, we have anywhere between seventy five to one hundred people out there. Uh, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get with the weather, right? Like my first year out there, I said it was twenty fifteen. There was well, one of those. It was a frigid winter. We had one. I had one night where it was above zero. Oh boy, um, it's yes. frigid. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, we have some nights where it's a little warmer and then, you know, it is a covered rink, but then it's weird because then if the moisture builds up and it's cold enough, it'll start snowing. It is right? a, a so, hockey rink. So, to, to yeah, let's, yeah, yeah let me, it's a hockey rink with a cover. Is that kind of what I'm so, thinking? Yeah, let me, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll clarify a little. I'm sorry. Uh, the, it, it is, um, uh, it's basically a pavilion in downtown Dayton. Um, in the summer, they use it for concerts. Um, in the in the winter, you know, they put in a rink um, that is mostly, you know, they it's it's a it's a local um, uh, you know parks and recreation organization that runs it. And so, you know, their their main goal is to get people out and doing things. Um, but they they've been very very good partners with us um, for curling there. So it's a um, it's not quite full size, but it's it's pretty darn close. Um, the the sheets we're running are only a few feet shorter than they should be um but it really it doesn't matter because you know the the because of the open air environment i mean you never know what you're gonna get um the the uh the warmer it can be you know sometimes it, it even in february i mean i mean this week it's supposed to be in the 50s i mean last week uh, mike was curling on tuesday it was a the wind chill was negative 15 so you never know um <laughs> The, um, the, the, they can really, really uh, slow down the rocks quite a bit, quite a bit. So, um, so you're not really missing anything, um, and you actually probably are, are sweeping a lot harder than you would be inside. Very we were, much. We, we were just planning our, our outdoor event here, and we purposely were going to take like ten feet off the sheets, you know, and they were already not regulation length. So, yeah, I, I feel yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, we did yeah. one last year, like open to the atmosphere, no cover at all, and what mm. we started to notice was the actual broom style mattered um we found that the old straw brooms open yeah. air actually provided a lot more use than some of our fabric club rooms well the horse oh, ones yeah, especially yeah. are, are great say, for that definitely i have i have a, a horse broom and that's the only place i, I use it because it, it it makes a difference yeah i went and bought like i went and bought like seven or eight um hair heads when they when wcf banned because now they're almost impossible to find so i went and gobbled up quite a bit so well, I keep yeah. finding them in lockers here that we clean out. And I'm like, oh, there's another horse hair one. Hang you know? on to that. Yeah. yeah. But that does happen. I mean, you know, even uh, covered or not, you know, if the snow is falling, um, you know, we'll still go out and play. And, you know, if you, if you 
if you happen to find yourself with a, a broom like that, you're definitely have the advantage. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things, you, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't do, but you know, it's, it's fun. Cause it's, it's all pretty casual out yeah. there is, you know, um, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a snow spot. You forgot to clear, you know, close to the button or something. And you know, that rock just stops. stops. You know, yeah. oh, oh gosh. Oh, I missed geez, that. So, yeah. so because, because we have, we're, we're starting a little bit more outdoor events here. Um, we have a, pavilion type area like very much like you described that's currently getting built and we have a downtown area that's currently in use um Ooh, any fantastic. any pointers any anything you've learned after a couple of years of a of I'll, I'll call it arena curling but outdoor arena curling that you you didn't know that you needed that that you figured out after a couple of tries yeah give us the pitfalls. Uh, you know if, if you have some older rocks i would probably use the yeah <laughs> we're not using the club ones yeah yeah okay all right yeah that's that's probably uh probably a good idea um you know we we try to keep uh um this is partially because we travel around a lot but also because um because storage can be an issue, you know, when we, when we store rocks there, um, we, we store them in big ice freezers that are on wheels. Um, they allow, they allow us to kind of keep it in the, in the utility room with the Zamboni that they have there. Uh, and you know, we, they, they have a, a proper, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, thermostat and all that on there that um, you can set the temperature and, and so on and so forth uh, to make sure they're not too cold, but also not too warm because those things will just melt right yeah. into the ice as soon as you put them out there if they're not cold enough. Yeah, that, and that was one of the things. Like, it's funny, right? You know, we're curl Troy. Um, it's actually been a few years since we we've curled in Troy, but when we when we stored our rocks up there. I remember listening to one of your previous podcasts. I think we were talking to Craig and we would have to get there. We would be lucky if we got to chill our stones for 20 minutes before we played. So we, you know, definitely know what it's like to have rocks that are too warm and freezing into the ice. Um, I think honestly, the, the thing where I tell people about outdoor curling is you have to go in with the attitude. This is just going to be fun, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times when, when you're trying to talk, like start trying to play real curling strategy, that might be a challenge. Right. So look at it as I'm just getting to curl and having fun. I think that's the best mm-hmm. advice I can give to anybody who's, I mean, cur- that's how you should, should approach curling in general. Yeah. Right. But certain things like you do setting up guards and things like that and doing angle raises might not be as m- makeable on, on the ice outside. You got so many different elements you're dealing with. Yeah. It's uh, takes a little bit of the strategy out of it in a way you, it well, does, and it you know, can add yeah. different kinds of strategy. Yeah. You know, I, I, we were talking a little bit earlier that you know the, the, I think the way you know uh, arena curlers in general and and you know p- folks who have a dedicated place you know approach the game are a little bit different, and not not that necessarily one is is good or bad, but you know it's we we don't take anything for granted. No, <laughs> because, because you fun. know it, it yeah it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's if, if we're curling, you know, again, uh, this week in negative 15 wind chills, and we'll be lucky if we get out on Thursday this week because it's supposed to be uh, above 50 and raining. So, you know, you just roll with it. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. going to be it, it, what what usually happens on those days, you know, because it still gets chilly at night. Is It's going to be raining all day. It's going to get cold at night, which means all this frost is going to settle on the ice and just deal with it. It's, you know, we're out to have fun. I'd like to back up a little bit and, and go through club history but uh, since we're on the topic of ice quality what is your guys's procedure before you curl every you know I, I think you have multiple nights so how much time does that take how many volunteers you need um you know is the city coming through and i assume there's amboni in it nice for you before you start but walk me through that quick 
Yeah. Um, so you usually get the ice roughly what, depending on the venue, 30 minutes, 30 minutes before. I mean, we've had it where we've had anywhere from two to 10 people helping, right? It, it really just depends. Uh, we do, we don't do any sort of scraping, um, outside or at Springfield, right? Do we use the scraper up there? No, I mean, we've, we've talked about it. It's just not enough. Yeah. We, we have, we do have a full, um, scraper um thank thankfully um, that we do use uh, when we do more like like the one day spiel we did earlier this year but but during league nights um it's usually just a mop run or something yeah but outside we do um you know one or two passes with the pebbler some of the challenges that we've been having the last two weeks because i play on tuesday nights outside is with the hack setting um my (laughs) first night out there especially when it's really warm they just don't set so my first night out there it was about 44 degrees the hacks wouldn't set so we we did stick curling on my sheet uh Uh, and then yeah make sure your water is not too warm yeah (laughs) so are those the metal bottom hacks or do they have a a peg okay yep so you're just heating them up um and then and then trying to drop them in and let them and not too much if they're too warm they won't they won't refreeze but yeah it's one one trick we came up with uh putting our lines in we use yarn and you got to hold it there with your hand and sprinkle water over it um uh, we started buying computer duster flipping it over and letting the co2 come straight out so i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe throw a can of that in your car for an emergency because that works on our one outdoor event we kept on having a problem because we couldn't add any water because the water kept on freezing we were trying to add it was uh yeah i, I had the pebble can froze oh, and i remember gosh. i had yeah, the, the copper sitting over a propane fire you know <laughs> that i had brought for well, warming too, I was I melting will, that i will say this if you're pebbling and it's outside also make sure that the seals on your pebble are working because i've had nights where you know, negative 10 all of a sudden, I'm like, uh, my back's all wet. <laughs> this is going to be a fun two yeah. hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. The temperature change. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I always get wet, too, because it's got that open air top and I slosh, you know, so <laughs> wouldn't notice for a while. Yeah, we have one of the kind of bigger um, challenges even out there is, uh, you know, pulling out all, all the, the yeah. stones because they're not they're not sitting on the ice. But, you know, they're I don't know, maybe. 20 30 yards yeah something like that and you know you you gotta push push these three large chests of you know filled with rocks you know up to the to the rink and then get them all out and you know a lot of the people that play there you know they they've played there for years and they they know there's an expectation that they need to do that so um while we have a lot of uh prep from uh, i'm gonna say like more senior club members to do like you know the pebbling and the hacks and all that stuff the the players who come in they know they need to get the stones out you know they know that they need to put their boards up uh scoreboards sorry and and things like that so it's a pretty um you know good system like i mean as long as everybody knows what their role is in that and and you make it clear to start with and and so on it 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 runs pretty smoothly and it's three sheets correct so you got three Three sheets three sets okay yep yeah we run a lot of weight yep yeah, we, we run four in um, in our fall and spring leagues, which are not outside. Um, but uh, that that fourth set of stones, you know, rarely leaves the arena that we curl in on uh, the rest of the year. So you've 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 pebbled, um, you know, maybe one or two passes there. Do you guys nip or rock rack or both? Um, we, we don't have a nipper. Um, we do. Um, we, we've, we've never done that outside. I mean, we have done it inside. Yeah, we don't do it outside. Mostly just. Just because that's that's just one more thing we have to move. Yep. Yeah. Right. I mean, and so what's one thing? I mean, for a while, for a couple of years, we were actually curling it up to three venues at three different venues a year. Right. <laughs> so so we've gotten to the point where it's like real nomads. Yeah. yeah. So the 
we just try to minimize as much as possible what we have to move from place to place. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's go back here now. Uh, talk to me about club founding, you know, where you guys got started there. Um, I'd say you, you know more than that. Yeah. So um, Curl Troy was founded in 2010 and the founder story was just similar to something. I think what a lot of curlers um, will tell you, right. You know, uh, one of our still on the board, um, our founder, Bruce Klingen, one of our founding members was just watching curling one day and he's like, I got to try this. And so, you know, he and a couple other people started driving back and forth from, I think most of these people were from the Troy area, so north of Dayton, driving back and forth to the Columbus a couple nights a week um, to learn how to curl. And then they went and they were able to, I think they worked through um, USCA and their stone leasing program, or maybe it was GLCA. I can't remember that. I can't remember how we got the first sets of stones, but they leased our first sets of stones. And then they started curling at um, Hobart Arena uh, in 2010. And then, you know, I think it wasn't long after, long after that when they started the uh, programming at um, Riverscape in downtown Dayton. And so, like I said, club's been going for 14 years. Uh, you know, we're doing, um, you know, I think we're doing really well right now. Like I said, we get 100 people curling us outside. So, you know, that that is always very exciting. And especially, you know, since we didn't even curl at all in 2021 due to COVID, as soon as we opened up signups for our um, winter 2022 programming at Riverscape, it sold out in less than a week. So after not crewing for about 18 months, we sold that programming out in less than a week. So it was really exciting to see that, you know, the interest in curling in this area remains strong. Yeah, well, I think that says something, too, about the the programs that you, you'd you been running prior. You know, if it was a, a chore, people didn't like it, they, they wouldn't come back after a year off. So good on you guys. Yeah. Well, we lost members, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, and you know that it. I think it, it definitely was a, a struggle from a, a real, a, a, like a real membership standpoint. Um, right. You know, we we run four draws out at Riverscape downtown. You know, outdoors, which is more than we do the, the rest of the year. Um, but the that like the, the little catch to that um, part of part of our agreement with Riverscape um, is that we don't we don't insist that the people that curl with us down there are members of the club. <clears throat> so, um, so it, it, it becomes a little bit of a catch 22 uh, where, you know, we have a lot of people who come out for this one time in the year and they, they love it. Um, but they just never really do anything else with the club. Um, there's, there's a myriad of reasons why um, there's, there's uh, been, Lots of people I talk to who just don't want to drive to where we curl um, the rest of the year, which is only it's it's a little far away, but it's only about 30 minutes. It's not that far. Away. Yeah. We talked so, about you know, another they, location, too. I, I don't know if we've mentioned that when we talked about the Hobart here. I think you guys started that, but that's not yeah, where your other Hobart. is now. Hobart. Yeah, no, no, uh, we we don't curl in Troy at all anymore, which is, I guess, kind of kind of, kind of ironic. But um, no, uh, we we curl uh, the rest of the season in Springfield, which is just a little uh, northeast of Dayton. Um, again, like maybe thirty minutes. It's it's just not it's not that far. Um, the, the Chiller is um, actually a um, an organization that runs a number of different arenas, uh, quite a few of them in Columbus, Ohio, um, and then they have one that um, it's kind of a joint. Um, uh, operation between them and national trails and parks. 
so um so it's 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 a really nice place to play yeah um it, it really really is it's, it's it's pretty new i think it's less maybe 10 years old maybe if that yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember so we've been there when do we do our um our three-day spiel Is that uh, 17 or 18 yeah something like that i can't remember so chiller runs it what's the name of the rink it's it's called the the in um, NRPD chiller and NTPRD chiller. Uh, I think I always NTPRPD. Okay, acronym. I'm assuming. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we, we have had a little a little bit of a struggle getting people from Dayton to curl up there. Um, and so you know, the last year or so, we've decided to try to focus more locally. Um in that area to, to get people to come in. And, um, you know, last year, I, I think we mentioned it was a, a little bit of a rebuilding year after, um, some of our, our struggles with, uh, COVID, um, and getting, you know, again, we, we were always pretty sure we could get that riverscape, um, you know, those, those folks to come back would be fine. Um, but to get actual like members to come in and, you know, do more than just, curl one night a week and, and do nothing else, you know, to, to, to try to, um, I don't know, build a little bit more of, uh, a, a curl truly culture, I guess, yeah. if you want to say that, yeah. um, that was, that was extremely challenging and we're still in the middle of, of, of trying to, to work on that, to develop that, um, again, uh, because, you know, the membership in our club has ebbed and flowed a lot over the years. Uh, and, um, we're, we're kind of on that, that way back up again from sort of a low point, um, after 2021. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of positives for us too. And, you know, we're always having discussions of, you know, do people want more curling and, you know, Brian mentioned, you know, roughly 30 minute drive from downtown Dayton up to, um, you know, Springfield and, you know, what I think is a, a, a positive sign for us, you know, for a few drinkers of, hey, do we want to jump from Arena Club to dedicate it is, you know, there's we have quite a few people from the Dayton market that will make a 40, 50, 60 mile drive down to Curl of Cincinnati who plays on dedicated day. So I, I definitely think we we have a market that wants curling, that wants dedicated ice. So I think that's a very positive sign, right? It's just, I think we, I think geography plays a lot into it, right? You know, like Brian said, even though it's not that far, some people might not want to drive 30 minutes, but if we have something closer to Dayton, I think that would just give us an opportunity to, to really grow and bring something positive to our community. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so I, I guess I was going to ask here about your guys' membership model because I'm a little confused there. Oh. So, you know, your, your oh, outdoor sure, yeah. league, is that uh, uh, pickup games? Are those structured games with registered teams? Um, you know, if you're, you know, essentially, too, if we have anybody listening who's maybe in Dayton, Ohio, how do they join or Springfield and they want to join? You know, what what would those look like? Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, um, membership is <laughs> because because of, of, of uh, you know, our, our, our curling downtown and kind of how that works. Um, it, it has been a little bit of a, a weird issue um, with defining, you know, how, how we want to um, how, how wh- who we want to have as a member and, and, and why, you know, what 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 possible good does that do for them? Um, and so over the last couple of years, we've kind of settled on this um, somewhat arbitrary, but I think um, for us, a reasonable um, assumption that if you curl with us in at least two leagues, you know, uh, we, we, we do a number of them over the years, or, or I'm sorry, over the season, uh, then you're a member. Um, and uh, that's gotten a little bit easier to define um, 
since we left the USCA and um, kind of the the cost benefit to having members um, for us uh, it in- increased uh, because that was the other part of the equation was okay we have um, this de- if we have a defined membership um, and we have um, these additional costs for. To, to, to pay for our members, um, what what are we getting out of it versus what are they getting out of it? And so for a long time, it was kind of, uh, do we really do, do we really need to have like a, a defined membership? Um, and now I think um, where we're kind of heading is uh, trying to um, trying trying to make a little bit more of an effort to. Um, like have more ownership from people who curl with us a lot, um, which again um, is is a much smaller number than uh, the folks who are curling with us outdoors. But but to have um, but to have those people feel like they actually um, have more more um, ownership in the club here than maybe we had before. So what did you see for a? a I'm going to assume a cost reduction when you when you left USCA. I'm sorry. Is that cost reduction. Oh, cost yes. reduction. What, um, I mean, I'm assuming that's one of the major factors, but not not. The yeah, it, it was. So there was. It was kind of twofold. Yes, there there was that, and um, the you know both the membership and the insurance costs with GNCC are uh, were a lot lower. Now, with the way that USA has kind of restructured things, I'm, I I haven't done the math to. Um, I don't know if anybody has to figure out um, if it you know, if that kind of is a wash at this point. Um, but there was that, and, and it really was kind of trying to understand what the, what the value add was yeah. at the time. And I, I, I did listen to your guys' um, podcast. Um, uh, and for any listeners who, who haven't done that, you should, it's, it's very even handed. And I think it like everything that you talked about, um, about why maybe somebody would, would want to move to uh, a GNCC versus USC at, at that time. Um, that's exactly the, the reasoning and the logic that when we had those discussions in 2022, um, how we kind of came to that conclusion, which is what, what, what are we as this kind of, I don't know, grassroots, little tiny, you know, little tiny yeah. uh, club in, in Ohio. What are we seeing as a benefit at this point in time where, again, we were, we were kind of struggling with, um, you know, understanding who our who our long-term curlers even were at that time um why are we why are we paying this organization that's really not doing anything for us and you know i that's not to say anything bad about what usca does because i think what they do do is is great um but just not what for your member base exactly you get that yeah, right. yeah. 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 you, you yeah. got to yeah. see the benefit yeah. of of the program you're going with correct yeah for sure and for me you know one of the things that I looked at it was was like, you know, Brian said, I think USDA is great. You know, now that I think they have new leadership, you know, with Dean and everything, I think things are going in a more positive direction. You know, but a few years ago, it seemed like the USDA model was really focused on, you know, the competitive side of curling, right? You know, yes. high performance, yep. Yep. you know, yep. competing at the international stage. And like Brian said, you know, because people always ask us, well, how many members do you have? You know, and that's never a question that I like answering because, like he said, some years we we have over 100 people outside, right? Mm-hmm. But that might be the only time we see those people. And so I like that, that GNCA still seems to have that more, okay, we want to help these small clubs grow. And that's what I liked from how they were going to, you know, you know, why joining them and being part of that 
um, I guess, what was it, member or regional structure, <laughs> why I thought that was just, I think, a better fit for Crow Troy at the time, because, you know, paying USCA dues, you know, it's got to be a two-way street. And, you know, it just didn't feel like at that time it made sense for us to be part of USCA. And as we're trying to, you know, when I want to say, you know, build our club up, I think GNCE has more to offer us than USCA did. I think you're 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 mixing together GLCA and GNCE. Yes, you're right. I, okay. well, I, just, I know yeah. you're saying. I know. Yeah. So, I knew yeah right. My bad. You're good. So you're for, good. for the insurance, for, enough, right? A guy who works for the Air Force, I can't keep my acronyms. My acronyms. Too many. No, too okay. many. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a Grand National, right? Is is that Grand the National. one? Yep, Grand National. Yeah, so it's the Grand National, National yes. and not to dig into insurance too much because it's not the most interesting uh, podcast topic. But are you getting a much better insurance deal right now? Do you need insurance as an arena club playing at other facilities too that's a question i have do you even need it in the first place um i'm i could not answer either of those questions off the top of my head that's um, fine that's all right. some, some, somebody else uh, deals with that <laughs> deals with the insurance side of yeah this and, and I, you listen to our episode people. so that was that was that's really the biggest thing for us for right? us you it's know insurance yeah. and it's just knowing that usa curling gave us the insurance deal better than anywhere we could get it other um that we knew of yeah it was but i mean i can tell you at least off the i mean it, it was a better deal through gncc okay. um it, from an insurance standpoint sure um for sure for sure yeah, yeah it's, sorry i got my son walking around the background if you hear that noise uh, no worries they they seem to good gncc seemed to be a little bit more of that little or developing club friendly as opposed to the usca and you guys hit the nail on the head perfectly like they were focused on high performance and yeah and we have the same complaints uh, yeah you know um and i mean we're closer to their headquarters and stuff and, and we have people that have gone and competed you know over the years too so we probably have a have a history of a lot closer ties with them but but same complaints you know mm-hmm. I, I feel you you know and i don't don't think you, you made the wrong decision or, or right one I, it's just you're doing what's right for you at the time yeah. so yeah um yeah and they, oh. they have made it oh i'm sorry go ahead no 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 no, no. you gotta let you finish oh, your point here oh i was just i was just saying i know they have you know they've, they've begun to make it a lot easier um again than it used to be and a, a little bit more uh affordable when it comes to you know considering um that membership i i think you know as a uh, as as an arena club again i mean uh you know we know where our competitive level is as, as mike said you know he, he attended arena nationals one year uh our uh, a team that i was a part of was um, supposed to go to arena nationals in 2020 but that was canceled um you know we we, we know that's kind of where we're we're mostly at um as as an organization and, and that's great um and th- that that that's fine but if, if that's you know from from a national standpoint uh you know the only thing that we can offer members um then eh, i don't know it it, it kind of gets tough to to justify that and you know and, and and if we if we you know continue to grow as we are now and you know at some point you know we want you know teams express more interest in, in being part of more national competitions or even you know more um you know regional competitions at this point um then then yeah that's a question that needs to be revisited uh based on the demand of of membership if that's what they want and then you know there's no reason there's not there's not a bridge burned here or anything like that it's just you know again made sense at that time and might make sense in the future to to rejoin again yeah and i think they have that at large too you know so i I believe if you guys had a member who's like hey i want to go you know compete at playdowns they could purchase the at large and go and there's no issue with that you know as long as they did their paperwork but yeah yeah. um so what i was going to ask um 
just looking at your club and, and events like that, obviously you have the six week outdoor season. Uh, what other kind of events do you guys host? Do you have, do you do bond spiels throughout the year? Do you have any sort of youth curling programs and any learn to curls or anything like that? Uh, so or is that kind of future plans or? I mean, that just depends on the year. Uh, we didn't really do any formal learn to curls this year. Well, let's, well, not can, yet. Not I, yet. I can talk a little bit about, but that. we, you like we've done in the past, learn to curls outside. We usually used to get a couple of weeks in December. We didn't have that this year, but Brian is our uh, programming coordinator for the chiller up in Springfield. So, you know, I'll let him run through some of the, um, the programming we're going to, we have planned for this spring and potentially summer. Uh, yeah, so um, we, we, as you said, you know, we, we normally do uh, learn to curls in, in winter. You know, we try to get folks in before kind of the, the kind of major bulk of the season. Uh, but um, this year, just it just didn't work out um, that way. But we have had a number of um, uh companies, organizations that have expressed interest at that time, they wanted to do kind of a, you know, corporate event kind of thing. Um, and we just, we, we, we didn't have it. A, a struggle, I'm sure every arena club has is finding um, ice time that, uh, you know, meets somebody else's needs. Uh, but um, what we did have, uh, what we kind of uh, sort of uh, almost fell into was um, last year. So as I, I said, we, we were kind of kind of regrowing a little bit. We had some sort of abbreviated programming. Um, and this year we were kind of um, trying to uh, kind of fill out a little bit more um, and kind of continue that that progress of kind of getting new people in the door again. Um, so uh, this this spring, after after we leave the outdoor arena, we, we had initially set up, you know, a, a an eight week um, competitive league or it's really, you know, for, for our club members, generally speaking. Um, and then we had um, two, uh, like four week introductory leagues um, is how we were doing that. Um, because last year we, we did, we did that instead of um, a normal spring league and it worked out really well. We, um, we actually filled up um, a lot. I think we out of, uh, um, I'm not going to remember. We we basically were short eight spots of filling up um, two separate leagues uh, with four sheets. So it, it, it was great. It was um, uh, more than I expected. And so we kind of wanted to repeat the same thing this year. Yeah, I think those short, um, short leagues are nice for, for newbies, too. They make it seem more approachable. That's how I run my Air Force Space League. We wait till after the holidays and they have a, a shorter season. You, you don't kind of commit to a full six months of curling. And, yeah, you know, I think yeah. It's, intim- it's intimidating yeah. to get yeah. new members in that. And that's something we struggle with with our regular membership model. We turn the plant on. We're lucky if we get ice in by Thanksgiving. That's gotten better over the years. You know, maybe we have two weeks of open houses, you know, and it's it's always tough. Oh, wow, we're yeah, busy. Yeah. We're busy and it's hard to advertise. You know, we're doing other stuff and then. Very you know, intimidating also, for new curlers, so yeah. to go the full season, and I absolutely, think a, it's sure. a great tool. I mean, to even, have a shortened one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even that uh, eight weeks sometimes can scare people off, even if it's just the cost. You know, if, if someone's never done something before, um, yeah, <laughs> the, we offer they can, reduced they can, pricing for it, but it, but still, it's, yeah. it's just the time commitment. Real quick, some. what what is it to curl in your guys's leagues? You know, I understand there's a, you have the short ones, different ones. Uh, uh, ballpark it for me. I'm sorry. What was the question? The cost for our league. So, oh, oh, our outdoor league was, I think, 100. Is it 140 a person this year? Yeah. yeah. And then I think our instructional leagues, the four week instructional leagues, are 128 a person. Yeah. For four weeks, and that's usually the first night's usually like a learn to curl with a short game, and then afterwards we, you know, just 
maybe might work on a particular skill for a little bit, and then we get the guy the curlers into a game after that. I don't remember how much is the eight week. So yeah, I mean, generally out, out at uh, the chiller, it's it's thirty two dollars a night if you want to put it that way. So it's um, it's yeah one twenty eight for the four weeks, or I think it's like two fifty something, two sixty five maybe I forget for the eight weeks. Whatever 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 double of one twenty eight is. <laughs> 256. <laughs> We're good at math. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Guys, uh, uh, just to let you know here, too, I, I had warned you ahead of time, and I'm sorry we started late. Uh, we got no another worries. one we're going to have to get here to in uh, just a few minutes. Um, are, are there oh, any shit. points that we've we've missed here that we want to make sure we, we hit on before we let you go? I, I, I wish uh, we had scheduled a little bit longer here. I, I feel bad. We're still rolling. Well, I'll, I'll just real quick mention, um, as far as the, the learning leads, um, I, I think I was saying that you know we had some of these organizations that wanted to do something. So we decided to um, cut one of the four weeks into basically four learn to curls for these organizations. Um, and then we'll keep the other four weeks um, as a learning league. And, and one of those um, that I'm kind of excited about that, that maybe can lead into something else is uh, from um, AFIT, uh, the Air Force Institute of Technology. And they, um, kind of approached us uh and I, I i want to maybe say it was um as a result of maybe the same article uh that maybe you had stumbled across um that right pad had done for us last year um after uh they they realized that we had quite a few um servicemen out on the ice yeah uh and so they they um hopefully will be coming out um this spring we're still kind of working out some of the details but this march um, to to try to do that. So so our, our learner curls are not quite the same as they have been in the past. But um, for for all these different entities, especially um, especially for them, I'm, I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that we continue to again just find ways to get um, kind of get curling in front of these different audiences. Awesome. What well, and just from talking to you guys, it's I, again thank you for coming on. Um, it sounds like you're doing a. A great thing trying to grow the sport down there and using a kind of a different avenue than some clubs would use getting getting people outdoors experiencing curling in a different way and then moving them indoors and just kind of continuing the sport throughout the throughout the season um one question that we always ask our guests though and that it, it's fun for our viewers to hear what's uh what's your guys's could be separate could be a memory you have together but what's uh what's the most memorable moment you have uh through your curling careers now we do put a, a disclaimer on there we do prefer it to be embarrassing but it doesn't have to be it's preferably embarrassing <laughs> about clay which will be tough for <laughs> that's you that's gonna be tough <laughs> yeah. finally i mean good lord <laughs> where do i start i mean like so um i guess one of the things that you know i'm not necessarily saying i'm a pioneer but i was i think i was one of the first people who started wearing a helmet regularly when they curled about eight or nine years ago um my you know I, I actually started curl with my father-in-law and we were teaching to learn to curl one night and uh you know you know you know we were telling people you try to talk about ice safety and so you know well you know if you fall tuck your head up well my father-in-law is at like the house on the other on the other night he falls and smacks his head i mean knocked himself pretty bad right he, he was he was kind of woozy for a couple days so my wife is like well, you know, she got all worried. She's like, you know, we make a living with our brains. And I'm like, honey, you didn't make me for my brains. You made me for my looks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, those, you know, I go on Amazon and I get a helmet. And a helmet comes and she's like, why the hell did you buy a pink helmet? 
I'm like, look, I was like, honey, I'm going to be the only one out there. Like, cause at, at the time, right. This was like eight or nine years ago. No one was wearing helmets when they curled. I'm like, if I'm going to wear a helmet, I'm going to look ridiculous doing it. And so, you know, it was funny because then people would ask me like, you know, does the pink helmet mean like, are you supporting breast that cancer? Means I'm the skip. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, no. I'm like, it does. And it was funny because people thought it had a special, I'm like, no, it's just a pink helmet. That's all it was. So, you know, I, I thought that was cool. And then, um, you know, I think also it was like, I think one of the, what I also tell people is, you know, I, I took the instructor level one class um, right when I like, after only curling like five times, I think that was a mistake, right? Because you're so new and then they, they pretty much like destroyed everything I was doing. And so, you know, the next time I got back on nice, I tried to fix it all at one time. But, you know, like I said, I think one of the best times I had Bonds feeling was, you know, I've known Brian for what, eight or nine years now. Yeah. Um, but like I said, last August was the first time I, I got to Bonds feel with, with Brian and a couple of those guys. And damn, I, and, I, and I started playing on the front end again. So me and the guy, Eric, man, we were just cracking each other up the whole weekend. Um, so, you know, it was just fun getting to actually team up with some guys that I've been curling with for a few years. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'll, I'll make this quick. Uh, out at, at Waltham, uh, which is a spiel, it's in Illinois, a club in, in Illinois, and um, we go to their men's spiel every year. It's it's just uh, just a blast. But the first year I went, um, you know, pretty new to still curling on, on dedicated ice, and um, they're, they're – sheets are really tight um the the hacks kind of sit almost right against the wall and um being the the arena curler that i was you know i, I had a really bad um habit of kind of winding up that that takeoff from the hack you know put, putting your leg way too far back mm -hmm. um yeah yeah so um so uh without kind of realizing it uh tried to do that and took off and just kind of belly slid fell right over all the way down had to let the stone go <laughs> that was my first throw of the game that was a lesson and you know good good uh good good posture i guess i don't know <laughs> that was embarrassing that was like yes we're here to compete <laughs> yeah well don't feel too bad mike there about the fallen too i uh, concussed myself at our end of your spiel last year so it, it happens to everybody maybe i should wear one oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome it's always fun to hear fun parts of the game um again like i said thank you guys very much for for joining us today it was awesome to hear about your club and the, and the things you do and how you keep it rolling down there um yeah and, yeah. and don't be strangers you're now friends of the pod so uh yeah yeah thanks for having us on i'm gonna um you know hopefully try and try and see if we can get a link or something for you guys we want to make sure you're you're kind of well heard in this part of the country because it's it's a it's we, fun to listen to you. Yeah. We got some business we'll cards out. with QR codes. We'll send your way. Yeah, I'm, I'm hey, get right, your guys a swag bag together. Uh, Mike was asking for a T-shirt or something. I don't know if we have any, but I'll get you something sent. So yeah, well, no, but I, like I said, I listened to your podcast with Craig, and if any of you guys are serious about trying to make their end of summer spiel, let me know because I try to make that one at least if not every or every other year so if you wanted to form a team let me know all right awesome all right, yeah. oh, i appreciate that yeah yeah we'll talk all right, all right guys. guys well thank you so much i really appreciate it um you know i, I could go on for longer but uh, we got to run here so yeah take it Understand. easy yep all right all right good curling guys yep. yeah same to you thank you guys all right have a good one okay bye 
Hey everybody, uh, splicing this in here, I wanted to let you know that uh, when we had done our sound check before we recorded with Mike and Brian, we were waiting for Nolan to get there to start recording. So we had actually had a short discussion about a couple of topics. And since we had cut them short, uh, I'm going to post those here at the end of the episode. So, you know, stick through our, our goodbye and you'll get to hear about another six, seven minutes of us rambling about some topics. It's a, a good content too. So just to let you know, not the end coming up. Oh, another another good episode. It's, it's always fun to talk to people oh, from different yeah. parts of the world, just to see how yeah. uh, different parts of the world, different parts of the country. Yeah. Um, see how they run their curling clubs and what they do. So I enjoy that. Yeah. Are we rolling right into the next one, or are we on a pause here for a little bit? I think we'll, we're, we'll be a pause, we'll pause and, and pause we'll and cut. Yeah. Sounds so, good. Um, otherwise, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. This has been episode. 10 yeah. double digits for this season. Uh, we'll be back with the next one. Bye. Um, yeah. Hey, on a different note, uh, uh, the military stuff there, uh, Brian, are, are yeah. you a civilian airman as well? I, I couldn't remember from the article here and I haven't read it since uh, I, I reached out to you guys. Um, no, no, not me. Um, okay. um, Mike, obviously. Um, and you know, I, I do, I do curl with a number of them. It's, it's, it's hard here in Dayton. You kind of trip over them. They're everywhere, but uh, Mine, that's yeah. the same way. So, Town of 50,000 and there's about, I, I think, 6,000 people with support staff that uh, work on base, you know, so yeah, they're all over yeah, around yeah, here I think, too. Yeah. yeah, I think right, right past about 30,000 people. So that's a, there's, there's, there's always, there's always somebody, everybody knows somebody who works at base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that one too? You know, one of the things we struggle with in Minot is uh, they all PCS, you know, within two to three years, typically. Um, so we yeah. have just a bunch of turnover. I, I imagine they're doing the same thing over there, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Well, actually one of our former members, what did Brick start? Did he start a club out in Arizona? Oh, yeah. Uh, Roadrunner? Road was it Roadrunner? I think so, yeah. Oh, he's, he started Roadrunner? I've talked to him online. Yep. Yep. You talked to Brick? Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember if it was Brick, but uh, yeah, that guy that started the Roadrunner club because... James um, Bricky, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, ran he, into him on Reddit, so I don't think we we might not have exchanged first uh, names. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, but yeah, he used to curl with us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Actually, that's funny. The guy that founded my military league with me, um, you know, really the driving force behind it because he was an airman and, and had curled a season with us and was like, well, you know, I'd like to do something for airmen. And uh, I was the guy that, uh, you know, ended up doing it with him on the club side of things and then got him on the board as liaison. Kyle Hostetler is his name. And uh, he got stationed down there at whatever the base is in Albuquerque. And uh, he's been curling with that Al- with that Roadrunner club, you know, so that was how he kept well, going. Yeah, small, oh. small curling world, man. The more I get out there, the more I go, you know, well, it's a good thing it, I've been keeping my nose clean. So. Well, it's, 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 smaller. it's funny because I listened to the, the podcast you guys did with Craig, and I think I texted you like, no joke, we have their old scoreboards. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the folding table with duct tape. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Say <laughs> so we got yeah, we got ones that are picture, printed. Yeah. We we got new rocks a couple years back. Um, and so they we used to have black and yellow were our colors, and they don't sell black rock yeah. handles anymore. You know, so we converted to yellow and red, and uh, our our solution. Oh, I'm sorry, it was black and red was the colors. So now we have uh, yellow and red, and we just went and put like a strip of yellow duct tape over the black, so it looks goofy, but from a distance, <laughs> you know, it it looks almost intentional. So. Oh uh, yeah, we got the, the folding tables, and then um, someone uh, put screws in to hang the numbers. Yeah, it's 
You know, yeah. it's really clever, actually. Yeah. Well, or I'm just kind of wasting time here until Nolan gets here to record our intro. But uh, one thing we don't, I don't think we ever mentioned on the podcast before, but uh, a tradition in Minot going back further than anyone can remember is uh, we have this big wood plywood sign that was hand painted and it's got the word if on it, you know, IF. And uh, hmm. everybody asks about it, you know, when they, they join the club, eventually they notice it and go, what's the big if for? And I'm like, man. If only uh, I'd have hit that draw or, you know, if only the other team would have missed that shot, you know, we'd all be Olympians. Right. Um, and I, I don't think it's necessarily our club motto, um, but it, it, it's, it's got to be up there. You know, so That's <laughs> old signage, you know, it's uh, something you everybody. I, I, I am surprised that it hasn't made it onto a T-shirt or something. So I have to ask, so I think I don't remember who it was. But I think someone mentioned that they curled at a two sheet club in canada who was that and what was the club um it was the minton saskatchewan club um that's actually nolan that's running late here uh clay i moved you down to the other one so nolan can run the board um so nolan grew up in minton um and his dad uh i don't know if you'd call him head ice guy up there you know it's a two-sheet quonset club um they had piping running underneath sand sand floor you know but they had uh, uh, artificial cooling equipment um and that's where he grew up curling and uh competing at was in minton you know with his high school and did a lot of a lot of curling on a two sheet sand floor, you know, and they do the same process we do. You know, you you get the sand to freeze, um, and then you build up a little water, and then you paint it. So when you're standing on it, you don't know that it's a sand floor necessarily because it just looks white, you know, like everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's its own thing. You know, same they have same issues as us kind of too. You know, we don't have insulation around our building, um, so you know you get heaves and stuff. But yeah, it's a it's whatever. It's small town curling in Canada. And those used to be everywhere. You know, every little town used to have a, a one, two, sheet, three sheet club. And now they've uh, gone the way of the dodo. So it's just uh, the the sizable towns. My my wife's from Redverse, Saskatchewan, which I want to say is a town of about 1,200. And they didn't get enough mm. people this year to uh, have a curling league. So they didn't even bother oh. putting the ice in. Um, yeah, it might, might be the first year in like 80 years, you know, they didn't have curling in Redverse. So well, that's, that's so surprising. I mean, I... I at, at minimum you think you know it would just be something to do while it's still cold yeah well they have the same issue you know again you guys are in a little different geography out here you know rural saskatchewan and rural north dakota you know egg keeps it alive and with egg mechanization you know you don't need 12 kids to work a farm um and all the farm mm-hmm. hands you know it's gone to equipment um so these little towns are, are just have less and less people in them you know and then with that, you know, you, you, your membership goes down. So I think that's really been the, the story of rural curling. You know, the sport's grown um, down in states, obviously. Um, you know, sure. It's probably the most curling's ever been going on south of the border. But I, I would venture a guess that uh, north of the border, you know, it's, it's the opposite story. But, you know, I'm not too tuned in on them. So don't quote me on well, it. Well, I've heard it shrinking a little bit in Canada. Like you said, the smaller clubs just can't. Yep. Yeah, I think they still have the same like high performance stance, you know, like the the big clubs yeah. and the guys that compete, more, you know, just more centralized. I think is yeah. what it is. This is Clay, by the way, just joined us. Uh, I, I see Nolan just walked in here. Um, do we want to put a pin in it? We'll we'll get through our intro and we'll we'll give you a call back. And God, this is yeah. so good, yeah. I might splice it in somewhere. So you know, don't don't be uh, <laughs> okay. surprised if we do that. So all right, well, I'll chat with you guys shortly. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Friends. Hey, man. Yeah. 